there's a new bar in town. Welcome to the Turnbuckle Arms, where the banter flows like wine and the topics are as fresh as an ice-cold pint. So pull up a chair, grab yourself a glass and welcome your hosts, The Brood! Hello and welcome to the Turnbuckle Arms Halloween special. Ah, that- cats fighting everywhere. Uh, we have the uh, one and only Lexi Delnell. We have Count Big Chocolatey, <laughs> Captain <laughs> Jason Woods. We have the Ginger Dead Grizz, and today you have uh, got me, who is uh, hosting, and I am today the uh, Jolly Scare Bear. So, uh, yeah. how is everyone? How is everyone doing? All right. Good. Man, yeah. 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 We're we looking forward to Halloween. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. (laughs) Right, so what I'm going to do is run down what we're going to talk about and let the listeners know what we're going to do, and then we'll get uh, get straight into it. So uh, in this episode, we'll be talking about all things Halloween, which includes the revival of uh, Halloween Havoc, thanks to NXT brand. Uh, We're going to look at the Hell in a Cell um, pay-per-view and some of its most iconic matches, and finally... To finish off, we're going to look at uh, do a summit daft, which is look at some of the spookiest or daftest Halloween wrestling characters that have ever been created. Um, that which should is, have been the main topic. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, before we start, uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm just going to bring up a couple of things that has happened over uh, the last couple of days, and that is through AEW. Uh, so, if you don't know. Uh, there's been a couple of injuries that have happened on Dynamite this past uh, week, uh, uh, which has resulted in um, a change to the current Eliminator tournament. Uh, so, um, Phoenix has vacated his position and given it to his brother. Uh, this is because um, whether it's his own view or whether it's AEW but due to a awkward landing on which he's received on the back of his head um it, they've basically said and it's been made official that you know we don't want to go through to the next round however i do hope and feel that he will get his choice uh, he'll get his chance again later on down the line i hope so because obviously it's something that AEW have done for quite a while where they allow other people to step in and then let the other person take over again. So that's the first one, which is a shame. And then the next one is, did anyone see the um, horrific injury to Alex Reynolds yeah. on that night during the uh, four-way tag match? That was grim. So, Alec, if you're not unaware, Alex Reynolds is a member of the um, Dark Order. And uh, he took a splash and leg drop at the yeah. same time by private party and basically knocked him senseless. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looked like he landed on his head. Yeah. 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 Uh, quick thinking. Unfortunately, the match carried on, but quick thinking uh, Blade uh, went in, dragged him to the corner and tagged him in, which was good. Uh, yeah, but, but the, the amount of effort that he needed to go through to do that was uh, it showed how serious that this uh, injury actually was. The problem mm-hmm. got is that they carried on with the match, and as like anything, because of people having their uh, ability to have their words uh, aired on social media, a lot of people said that it should have actually 
uh, been stopped. Uh, and I get that, I understand that. I but. mean, like, yeah, that's that, that is the debatable thing. Like, obviously, in that one on one match with Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, yeah. when he got injured, that's a different case because it's one on one. Like, Reynolds, like, all they needed to do was kind of get the guy out of the ring and they could have still kept the match going. But the mm-hmm. the part that, that, that kind of annoyed me about the whole thing was the fact that he was lying there unconscious for about another like three minutes while the match was going on, like, literally sometimes on top of him. And it's like, yeah. just get the dude out of the ring. Like, there's seven other guys in this match. You can keep going. Just make sure that the guy that's knocked senseless uh, um, is out of there. And then the fact that like he got back up and then continued to do spots. And then even the fact that when he was trying to do those spots, he, you could see he just wasn't all there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully he makes a speedy recovery, saying that he's okay, but we'll shall see. Um, just before we go on to the next topic, I just want to say that obviously a Bound for Glory is going on tonight uh, while we're recording. Um, it promises to be a fantastic pay-per-view like they've been doing. They've been knocking it out of the park of impacts recently. Uh, all titles online, some fantastic names. Um, so if you go, if you do enjoy that, obviously, as we're recording this, if you were going to watch it, brilliant. If you are listening to it after you've watched it, then I hope you did enjoy it. So finally, yep. we're just going to jump on to one last little bit, which my uh, fellow Brood member Chris is going to take over with, and that is the um, divisive... Um, audience um, view on this recent uh, Dynamite's Jericho and MGF uh, segment. So take it over to you, Chris. Mm, divisive is right. This is the Marmite of this year uh, by far. For me, and I know for my fellow Brood members, it was amazing. It was funny. Uh, it was different. It was unexpected. And this is what we all need. Um, however, of course... You've got people that want to tell you that wrestling is always going to be about fighting and nothing more. I think people have misunderstood, though, that MJF and Jericho aren't even feuding yet. If anything, it's a flirtation around each other as they try and tempt each other. Good way of putting that. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) So the dinner makes sense, doesn't it? You know, it's a debate between them. You know, I didn't see that singing coming, but I don't think anyone saw MJF's pipes coming either. They were fantastic. (laughs) What a singer. He's a young Dean Martin. He's going to give, you know, Jericho a run for his money. And, like, it's so funny that, like, even one thing that Jericho can do, which is sing very well, MJF even has to seem, you know, he's got that pegged as well. So it all makes sense. It was fantastic. I urge everyone to watch it. However. But Jericho's a rock star singer, though. Yeah, well, yeah. So Jim Cornette is still calming down. I haven't heard a lot from him yet you know, in terms of response. I'm sure it'll be volcanic when it comes out. But, yeah, for me, I loved it. I urge him to go see it. It was, a lot of people have called it like Stewie and Brian Griffin, (laughs) you know, which is dead on. It was perfect. The song is Me and My Shadow. It's a well-known swing, you know, favourite made popular by the Rat Pack. And for me, it was absolutely, yeah, just wonderful. Watch it. Give us your opinion on social media, you know, and don't let us sway you. Obviously, you know, it is your opinion. But you're wrong if you think it's not rigorous, because it was. Wait, it was did you just say don't let us swing you? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Always on. Always on. I'm um, here for the booze. <laughs> but yeah, that was it, really. So, you know. Was, uh, going back to that, though, I mean, we had our uh, cinematic universe debate not too long ago. And I mean, where does this, I mean, it's a, it's a step away from from doing wrestling and uh, I don't think it hurt well my opinion is I don't think it hurts anything it didn't but it's that uh, debate whether it's uh, dispending your 
your belief or whatever it's it's removing you from this is meant to be taken legitimately and those type of things but i mean the the one that austin and angle i mean they did that funny skit where they laugh and they did singing and dancing everyone always talks about that as a great one and i yeah i can't see them not doing the same about this because it was so well done yeah. Uh, they, they I think it's comedy those guys don't they like they both have their comedy chops a good heel has to be cowardly dastardly you know but sometimes you want to kind of take the mick as well out of them don't mm-hmm. you and that, that was the opportunity you got there Jericho knows how to play it funny you know not so long ago he was bathing in a vat of mimosa like we know this is his <laughs> thing now you know he can do both and it only helped MJF I think along so yeah I got no problem with that you know and it is genuinely something different and unexpected and just look at the views it's getting and whether you like it or not and a lot of people didn't you know it's getting that attention it's getting the eyes on the product so about a quarter of them are just me as well yeah <laughs> playing yeah. it on loop over and over and over <laughs> it's and all the little subtle references in the lyrics like, i didn't even pick up on half of them the first time i heard it but you know it's not just a straight cover it's AEW specific with its lyrics mm. you know and it was well rehearsed and i know you know we were discussing just before the the show started about how they'd rehearsed this, you know, and, and knocked it out all in one night. And it was, it was just incredible, you know? And so, yeah, for me, top marks, really. I loved it. But yeah, go watch it. Brilliant. So uh, let's get into it then. Um, uh, well, Michael, can I just jump in one last yeah. AEW thing quickly? Um, it's uh, another injury, sadly, but um, it also kind of ties in on this episode, you know, for the sadder reasons, obviously. Um, Abaddon, uh, because I've already taped this, uh, this week's episode of Dynamite, got injured apparently quite badly in her match with uh, Tay Conte. Right. Um, the... It, I want to bring her up now, you know, for at least a shout out to be like, get well soon. And because, you know, one of the absolute greatest um, horror characters that's came mm-hmm. out of wrestling within the past uh, couple of years, because Jesus Christ, she is terrifying. <laughs> like <laughs> genuinely terrifying. The first time yeah, I seen yeah. her, I was like, what the hell is that? And I was trying to turn the telly off. <laughs> yeah. So uh, as we said, oh, uh, everyone who uh, we've talked about gets well soon. Right, let's get into it. Um, so at the last NXT TakeOver, it was announced that we would see the revival of a WCW mo- uh, iconic pay-per-view, which was Halloween Havoc. Uh, as a special one-night-only NXT show, which will take place next Wednesday, um, hosted by Shotzi Blackheart. Oh, oh, oh. Um, what's everyone's thoughts about this? Uh, we'll start with you, Lexi. I'm so happy. Um I don't know whether my experience of like WCW is the same as everyone else's, but I found it because I was so young, I didn't see the pay-per-views. But for me, when I saw the recaps of Halloween Havoc on the following Nitro, I was always like, this looks so cool. This Mm -hmm. looks really good. And in the, in the weeks leading up to recording, I've actually gone back and I've watched three Halloween Havocs, 96, 97, 98. um, And they're just if you take away the the first uh, take away the last couple of matches on each pay-per-view they're actually really good pay-per-views um i just love the fact that it's got a completely different aesthetic and i'm hoping that they do what they did with the in your house pay-per-view and they brought back the old set for it i want to see the big sort of demon and the pumpkin and stuff like that my only reservation of it is does it need Shotzi Blackheart yes to host it 
That's what I was thinking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I mean... Why? You know, because look I at mean, her, she is, she's got she's green hair. 365 days a year. Don't get me wrong, but there are others... There is there are others in the NXT alumni that could come back and do it. Name 10. <laughs> Alistair Black. Oh, really high. Selena Vega. So there's yeah. two straight away. Okay, you right. could do it. Hey, Marty, um, go. You don't have to do this, Dora. You don't have to, you don't have to listen <laughs> to <laughs> um, So what about you, Chris? What, what are your thoughts about them bringing it back? Yeah, and like Lexi said, like I think if they commit to it fully, which they look they're going to do, like in your house, then it's completely worth it. I know Dodery, you know, has always done kind of seasonal episodes and Halloween episodes, but it might just be Seth Rollins getting a pumpkin dumped on his head or something stupid like that. So it's nice to see him fully commit to it. Really, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of the product at the moment, but it reminds me of like Raw Roulette when they used to do that as well. The spin the wheel, make the deal. I like that part. You know, the matches themselves look of, of reasonable quality. You know, and and let's not forget, no one's paying for this. This is, this is free, essentially. It's not a pay-per-view, right? So good yeah. for them. You know, good for them for putting that amount of commitment to it. So I'm all for it. Halloween Havoc, as Lexi said, the aesthetic of it was very good back in the day. Um, you make an excellent point about how three quarters of the events are good, but they tend to fall off terribly at the end. And that's what most people remember. We'll get to, obviously, Halloween Havoc yeah. later on. But, yeah, I, I think it's good. And, yeah, very much like in your house, I think it's great to have these, you know, within reason um, and to be limited. But, yeah, I'm all for it. It's Halloween. You know what I mean? You, you, everyone else is doing it, right? Why not? So, yeah, I'm all up what, for that. What about you, Jason? What are your thoughts of Halloween Havoc? I, I, I mean, I really like the event. And, I, I mean, I've got, yeah, fond memories of uh, of the pay-per-view. Um, I, yeah, the Chelsea Blackheart was the the bit that went seems odd to me. I mean, it's it's. I'm saying a, a name right. I was correct. Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. Oh, yeah. Oh, anyway, um, she um, because she came out to announce one of the matches. Uh, William Regal asked her to, to do so, and she put this really weird voice on as well. And it was like it was like the intro voices you have to. WWE events and it was like <laughs> it's going to happen. I was like, what are you doing? Spin um, the wheel. Oh yeah. I, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, spin the wheel sounds fun. I mean, they've done that in the past. I like the idea of a some kind of weird kind of um, stipulations on some of the matches. But yeah, I don't understand why they've gone with her hosting. But the rest of it, I think that's great fun to bring that back. Um, yeah. So. What about you then, Grizz? You finish it off. Good. I just want to also note that I do have green on my cup. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, what what your thoughts of uh, Halloween Havoc? Um, well, considering the fact that I was I was late into wrestling, as we all know, I started in 2002, so after WCW passed away. Um, so I never... like I, I've seen two matches from uh, Halloween Havoc's illustrious history. Um, and... Probably no points in guessing what two of those are. So when we talk about that later, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so, like, this is this is going to be hella fun. Obviously, like, big horror, uh, horror fan. Yeah, sure, horror fan. And that yeah. also ties into Halloween because I've been watching horror movies constantly over the past month. Um, and so, just Halloween Havoc is just. I'm so excited for it. I'm so glad they brought it back. And then the fact that they brought back Spin the Wheel, make the deal for like two of the most important matches. And then even on NAC this week, the way that the Garganos are um, going about with the, the 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 prop wheel that they made and everything, like they're really 
Um, they're really excelling with this thing, and so I just can't wait to see what we get next Wednesday. Yeah, and also, I mean, Shot- Shotzi Blackheart does deserve it. You're all wrong. I mean, like for me, I I, I grew up watching WCW as well as WW, then WWF in the early years. Um, I've seen, I've not seen all of them, uh, all the Halloween Havocs, but again, I've I've seen quite a few. And do you know what? It's something that people have been asking for for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a shame that they haven't made it a proper WWE show. But you know, as you said, just the whole feeling of it, just having it. Uh, brought back as nostalgia. I'm, I'm, as long as it's done right, I'm happy with it. As long as that big pumpkin's there, yeah, uh, then I'm, I'm fine with that. So uh, let's jump on to the next bit, which is uh, my next question, uh, which you've all answered. We've all seen a bit of Halloween Havoc. doesn't matter if it's any of them or all of them. Uh, and I just wanted to ask, do you have any fond memories uh, or really, really bad ep- uh, matches that you want to talk about? And we'll start with you again, Lexi. Oh, yeah. right. Let's, let's have a look. Um, one of the things that I will point out just while I get my notes up um, is I didn't notice until I watched Halloween Havoc a couple of weeks ago, but on one of the tombstones for the classic one, um, there is actually the name Crockett. <coughs> and wow. I didn't notice that until, and then I think it changes every year. Um, so I'm wondering, I'm hoping that they'll go and do that um, this year. Be, what, with the name Can on it? Yeah, something like that, or, or something, <laughs> you know, AW or something stupid yeah, like that. Yeah, that might do. Take shots or whatever. Um, for me, um, one of my favourite um, matches is actually from the opening of Halloween Havoc 1996. It's uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship, and it's Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr., as he was at the time. Um, and it was it was brilliant. Like, it was what it needed to start the show, to start the pay-per-view. Um, yeah. And then, the year afterwards, you've got Rey Mysterio again versus Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. in a title versus mask match and that was just fantastic. Well that's that's been voted of if not one of the best matches mm. ever in WWEC uh, sorry WCW history. Um, yep. so, yeah completely agree with you on that. I also think as well if I remember rightly it's one of Eddie Guerrero's favourite matches that he wrestled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but 1997 Halloween Havoc has an absolute hidden gem that's often forgot about. Um, and that is Kurt Henning versus Ric Flair. Ooh, and seriously, honestly, it's amazing. Juicy. Um, very much. It's very, very much lost um, due to other things that happened in and around Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. But it is incredible. Um, and yes, it has a typical WCW ending. I don't know who was booking. I'll, I'll go there and say the late, great Dusty um, Rhodes. Probably, maybe not. But yeah, it's it's brilliant. And for me, those are the top three. Um, so what's your worst one, if you've got one? Oh, 
I would say, and it's not because of the match quality, it's because of how it finished. And I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. It's Depends, DDP, there's a list. <laughs> DDP <laughs> versus Goldberg. What? Um, Whoa. Is... Oh, yeah. What? <laughs> Whoa. Um, is that so, the one that got cut off? Yeah. Yes. So basically... As a child, I didn't understand what happened and I didn't understand why we were seeing the match from a pay-per-view and I thought that we were being really special in the UK. I didn't realise that it was an actual genuine thing that happened. But for me, I would have been so pissed off if that happened. Like, I can tell you now, I've sat in pubs and they've lost the streams and I've been like what is this about <laughs> proper kicking off so if i was physically paying like however much it was back in the day i'd have been vexed and for me that when you say halloween havoc that's one of the first things i think about and actually you shouldn't because there's some fantastic ma- matches on the cards so yeah there you go okay we'll jump to you chris what about yourself what's uh do you have a um a hidden gem or a one of your favourite matches from the uh, 12 years that Halloween Havoc had been running WCW? I wouldn't say I had a hidden gem. Now I'm going to have to watch that Hennig and Flair match, you know, yes. because, yeah, I didn't even know they'd gone out of it. Um, what I was going to say was, um, one, I think, yeah, most people's favourites is Eddie versus Ray. It is incredible. You know, obviously one of the highlights of WCW was the cruiserweights they had, Hoover to Guerrero, etc. Psychosis, you know, and they really were fantastic matches, you know, and Dean Malenko was a big part of that as well. But yeah, that match in particular had it all. It was a great finish. Um, it kind of comes off um, the turnbuckle, what looks like, a, I think, a Hurricane runner that almost looks like it's actually going to get reversed by Guerrero before... Ray kind of just holds him down with his weight. And it, something about that finish looks quite realistic, actually, because it's all about momentum and physics. And, you know, it, it sounds stupid. But, yeah, it's, it's a very kind of simple finish when it comes to it. But it was really well done um, and looked like it could have each literally tipped either way in just half a second, you know, which is why it was so great. So great finish. Um, Diddy P Goldberg, yeah, was a good match until the end. Yeah, that, that's true. In terms of worst matches for me, and I shared the kind of countdown today on social media, Dodri's um, kind of top moments. And yeah, I've seen, I've seen. It wasn't saying a lot. So let, let's talk about this. So it seems to be that Hogan and the Big Show or the Giant, Paul White as he was known then, uh, involved in a lot of terrible moments in Halloween Havoc history. The monster was was one thing. I'm not. It's just insanity. You know, go check that out. I don't really describe that in any detail. But yeah, the, the finish, you know, comes, and spoiler alert, you know, <laughs> if you are going to watch it, the finish comes with several kind of uh, run-ins and uh, heel turns, uh, Jimmy Hart turns on Hogan, and then, um, well, they call him a yeti but it's clearly a mummy that comes into the ring and like awkwardly bear hugs Hogan, like with Big Show together. And it's just kind of shimming his arms up and down here. It's genuinely awful. It's clearly a mummy. It gets called the Yeti, not even the Yeti, it gets called the Yeti by Tony Shavar. <laughs> yes, I don't know why he's the Yeti. Um, some people debate this because Universal Films had the rights to the mummy, so they couldn't call him the mummy. But there's a whole backstory behind that as well. That's clearly the worst match because of the crazy finish. Um, so good luck <laughs> topping that. Right, we'll jump to you, uh, Jason. Have you uh, checked out any of them out yet? Uh, well, I, I'm, uh, 
I'm just actually re- trying to remember. I don't know if it happens on this one, which is where I was just double checking because uh, I was. Uh, just Would you like me to jump to Grizz first for you? Yeah, don't mind. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Go on then. What's give me your give me your favourite and your worst. Is he going to be a bit quiet, or is that me? Yeah, oh, you're going to be now. quiet, Grizz. Yeah. yeah, go on. Um, okay, do you, want to, do you want to maybe go back to Jason then, and I'll try and sort this out? <laughs> well, we're still in the time I'll, now. I'll, well, I'll tell you what, while you two are looking, I'll, I'll go through some bits. So, there's some, obviously, if I step on anyone's toes, I do apologise. So, I've got a rundown of best ones that people should check out. Um, so, obviously, Halloween Havoc ran from 89 to 2000. Uh, we have, depending on how you want to look at it, you've got the Goldberg versus DDP World Heavyweight Championship from '98. Uh, you've got the very, very dangerous um, Texas Death Match between Vader and Cactus Jack from '93. Uh, uh, you had a brilliant Austin versus Dustin World TV Title Match from '91. The Steiners versus the Nasty Boys was. Um, really, really good, and to be honest, it was it showed the nasty boys actually work really, really well. I know a lot of people just thought they were just, especially when we were in WWF at the time, just awful, but they actually were very, very good. Uh, Brian Pillman versus Luger, Lex Luger in '89. Uh, Luger were playing as a heel, and Brian Pillman was the face, and that is that is beautifully choreographed. Uh, choreograph. Yeah, I can't even speak now. Beautifully done, should I say. Uh, and then, obviously, we finish with the Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Eddie Guerrero for the Cruiserweight title from 97. Um, worst matches that I've seen, uh, Chamber of Horror matches from 91, where it was the cages where you had to put your opponent in the electric chair. That match was that was just awful, and you never it was happened once, and you never saw it again. Uh, Hogan versus Sting with the Hogan just laying down and getting to just pin him. Uh, you had Ho- um, Warrior and Hogan with the infamous um, yeah. flame from the hand, which didn't work. Yeah. Fight ball, uh, which made Warrior retire from wrestling or WCW two weeks later. It was that bad. So uh, that's mine. Are we? Are you? Uh, I'm ready, yeah, I'm ready now. So we'll go back to you, Jess, and then. Uh, well, I would have said actually, it was interesting that Lexi had said that um, the Goldberg DDP match because honestly, that's that's the one that comes to mind as my favourite Halloween Havoc yeah. match. I I was big into Goldberg. I was, and so it was always watching Eve Austin on one channel and quickly flicking to see Goldberg win his five minute match and going back, and yeah. uh, so that that was great. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I listen to DDP on, well, DDP yoga and all this other stuff. And he always seems like a real nice bloke. And then when you hear him talk about how that match took place, because I would have said, I don't know. I mean, Goldberg had a good match with Raven before that point, but I don't think I could yeah. pick out another Goldberg match other than where he's just mullered people mm. and there was nothing that stood out where he says, uh, he said, I had a conversation with Goldberg and I said, well, it'd be good if I if you if I dodged and Goldberg because it took himself way too seriously and didn't really understand a lot of this when Goldberg doesn't miss the spear and he goes no 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 then if you did that what would it be like and um he supposedly convinced him that he, he would jump out the way and and that's what made the match well I thought it was great I mean the idea that you actually thought Goldberg could lose 
um was was really quite impressive match um and then on the same card it's hogan against the warrior um and that was terrible i mean because I, I, I was a big fan of hogan against warrior at wrestlemania 6 and that was so well laid out which i guess you could look at it back and go well it's just strongman spots and that type of thing but i thought it worked really well where you watch these two again and it's like like it's like then they've never wrestled full stop i mean it's clumsy that they, they, they fall over it. i mean warrior probably hadn't wrestled much at all for, for a no. long time um, but i don't think he could have taken the full because hogan definitely doesn't perform well either in the match as well so that's the one i always remember and then the the weird kind of ignition thing that didn't work and, and those, so they were the two so it's the same car same show for me that always stood out but i remember that just being terrible i was checking actually was was robocop on on a, a halloween havoc and it was a <laughs> oh, different show yeah. that's what i was just checking i went that is the worst thing ever but now that, that is a different show that was that was what i was double checking well, well just jumping in and going on with what you were talking about with hogan and warrior they went through wcw went through a period of time where they People wanted dream matches or the match that never happened in WCW, uh, sorry, WWF. So they brought it over to WCW. So you got the likes of Hogan and Flair, you got Randy Savage mm. and, and Hogan having their second match. You had the Warrior and and Hogan, and it was almost as if so... like, but they did it. They did it. For, they did it so late on time that it almost missed its mark, and people were like, I'm not bothered anymore. Yeah. Uh, but then there was. Um... I, hmm. Thingy. They also did Hogan versus Piper in a steel cage. I think mm. it was Halloween Havoc 96, possibly. And for me, that's one of the best build-ups I've ever seen WCW do. Um, Is that the one where a fan climbs into the cage? I can't remember, you know. Let me I'd be surprised. That was the one where the outsiders were in the ring. And a fan climbs in, and then they start booting living daylight. It was a real fan, wasn't it? And they yeah. just, yeah, yeah they look like they're going to keep at some point. Yeah. Yeah. The WCW were quite notorious yeah. for their fans jumping in the ring, yeah, and then the wrestlers fair. beating the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So have you got? Um, have you got? I was just going to just going to tag in and say, but yeah. also Bischoff said later he was adamant that Hogan only brought in Warrior yeah. just so he could get his win back. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Of course yeah. he, he did. Yeah, it, it had nothing to do with long. I mean, Warrior supposedly believes. I'd, I'd heard an interview him saying that they had a real, like, a three-year plan for him. And um, I mean, he didn't wrestle very well. And I mean, but the the uh, yeah, supposedly he just said that that was all he ever wanted, and they had no thought anymore as to oh, I've got my win back. So there we go. Yeah. Um. Also, as well. Um. Sorry, I just added it to you then. Sorry. It's all right. I uh, just wanted to clarify, though. I don't dislike... Oh, hello. Where have mm. we gone? Hey. You still we can hear you. Oh, that's still right. still hearing, see you. It's fine. Um, I just want to clarify as well, Jason. I don't dislike the Goldberg DDP match. Oh, sorry. Just, <laughs> I don't like it. It's not that I don't like it. It's the way it went down. Yeah. We'll always get... It, it will always have that tarnish on me, so... You know, it it's one of them. It's a great match, but so, so I just want to put that out there. So was that your worst match, Jason, or do you have another one in mind? Uh, no, I, that definitely uh, definitely worse because I actually was looking forward to it. That's the other part of it because I had that fun memories of it when it. I was like, are you are you kidding me? They're doing it again. This is going to be 
subpar. <laughs> Are we all right now, Chris? Can we hear you? Uh, hopefully. Yeah, that's good. All right, then. Check it over yeah. to you. I think I, I think I literally have problems with my microphone. This has been doing this a lot recently, so. I fixed something up. So, uh, yeah, so as I says, like, uh, well, it turns out I've seen three Halloween Havoc matches because as you brought up the, uh, the awesome uh, Chamber of Blood or whatever the hell it was called match, um, yeah. where they decided, you know, at one point to show the lever as it was pulled down on the on position as everybody fought to try and get into the electric chair. So, you know. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, especially the ending where uh, uh, Cactus Jack flipped the switch and he was on Abdullah's team, but uh, he flipped the switch right as uh, the, the switch was made. And so it's essentially electrocuted his own partner. Fantastic. Yeah. You, you got to love it. Um, obviously, the other two matches, as I say, um, not really a surprise, are the Eddie Guerrero um, Ray Mysterio match. And, um, I mean, there was, a, there was a good match and a great match that I've seen. So the good match was obviously Eddie and um, Ray, and the great match was Hogan versus Warrior because that was fantastic. <laughs> just, uh, it's everything I want from wrestling. I mean, it's right up there with uh, Goldberg and The Undertaker. <laughs> oh, let's just talk about that. Our friends over at Hope Spot Clothing are offering listeners to the Wrestling With Jollas podcast 10% discount off of all of their t-shirts and merchandise. Simply use the code WWJPOD. That's WWJPOD. Hope Spot Clothing are a charity label with over 50% of all profits going to a variety of good causes. Go to their website www.hopespotcc.com. That's hopespotcc.com and take advantage of their great discount now. <laughs> okay, so uh, hopefully it lives up to the hype and we can't wait to watch it. Uh, we're going to jump on to the next topic now, which is Hell in a Cell. Obviously, the pay-per-view happens this weekend uh, as we are recording, uh, and I wanted to get your thoughts and predictions on the show. But first, I've got a question for you. As of right now, how many Hell in a Cell matches have there been? Not pay per views. Forty two. Okay. Any advance on forty two? Uh, close. I mean, oh, lad, hang on a minute, Grizz lad. Did you count the one that you uh, forgot in our last episode? Um. Well, well just to, just to let you know, I'm I'm including every single Hell in a Cell, whether it be on Raw, SmackDown, at a pay per view, or part of a pay per view. I just wanted to know if you knew. Of recent pay-per-views, I've had a lot of Hell in Cells. Right, well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. 45. Oof. That's okay. including all the pay-per-view... That's including the three matches that are taking place in the cell this weekend. 45 in total. So I'm going to then. Oh, we've got it. <laughs> the very beginning. It's from the very beginning when we first saw the first one at Bad Blood, October 97, yeah. between... Michaels and Take, where we saw the uh, arrival of Kane. That's got to be Kane! That's got to be Kane! <laughs> Lexi, Lexi, what were you referring to there? Because, like, we... In our last episode, we were talking about 
um, we got onto Hell in a Cell topics, and I was talking about the we were talking about the Undertaker, and I was talking about the Hell in the Cell between the Undertaker and Batista, where Batista kicks out of a tombstone. Okay. And you were like, "Nah, that I don't remember that. Don't remember that. Don't remember that." And I was like, "Oh uh, yeah, I remember. It. I sat for about five straight minutes. Jesus Christ, cat parade. Um, I, I think I." I cat parade i think i sat for about five minutes like looking that up while everyone else was just talking amongst themselves like no hold on a second i did it buddy um yeah i'm gonna know, <laughs> I'm gonna know. So, also the, the one question that I, I have is um does this include the unaired dark match that happened uh before i held myself pay-per-view one year where it was like six people um I think it was like John Cena, Abel de Rio, Jack Swagger, and it does include that Michael's nodding. Nice. Um, yeah, so like, uh, because I remember like a couple of years ago, there was this uh, article on WWE.com, and it's like, oh, you thought you seen every Hell in a Cell match, but you're you're wrong. And it's like, wrong. okay, because you put on a Hell in a Cell match uh, as a dark match on a show doesn't mean doesn't mean anything. Like that's that's just cheating, really. So I want the, the reason, I wanted to ask a question. So we've got obviously you got the hell in a cell pay per view, and I just wanted to ask you guys: um, should we continue to have it as a pay per view, or should it be something that it used to be, as in a feud ender or part of the three stages of um, you know like hell type of thing? You know, it ends. Should it, should it actually be a pay per view anymore? No. There's never been a pay per view no. to begin with. No. Yeah, yeah, we all in agreement on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. For me, like, I need to know why they've changed the cage color. Uh, to to because they can sell toys. That's ridiculous. Like, yeah. because... it's just to sell toys. That's that's... Matthew on Botchamania said it's because the cage was low health, which really made me laugh. <laughs> 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 was pretty good. Um, I like it. Hi, yeah. Matthew from Botswana. Hi. It, it does look like strawberry <laughs> strawberry laces now, doesn't it? <laughs> so. Um, Go in there. Yeah. So I'm 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 glad that we're all on top of uh, on on the uh, on the same boat as that because I do agree. I think it's something that it's it should be a feud ender or it should just be brought out on special occasions. It shouldn't be a yeah. a, a monthly pay per view thing. You I might at, argue you look... though this this month, everyone every match that's in the Hell in a Cell feels like it should be in the Hell in a Cell. Yeah, yeah, which is which is for the first time in a long time. Yeah, they've done that before. But I was like, oh yeah, that that's definitely building to this. That's definitely building to this. And so this is one of the few times where I've thought, oh, this is this is definitely worth appropriately. Yeah, uh, and, and hopefully we'll this will be the end of Orton and Drew. Uh, we'll go move on to someone else for Roman Reigns, and this is the build-up that we've been wanting for Sasha. However, some people are still saying, should it be now or should it be later? But obviously, yeah. during the current climate that we're in, and the the, the whole you know the whole world's gone to pants. Uh, they're trying to get people to keep eyes on the product. I understand that, and they've not got the amount of um, talent in the uh, in the uh, shows themselves. They're a bit stripped back, so they need to fill it out as best as they can so they can have people keep interested. So I get that bit. So I wanted to ask uh, a question to all of you. Um, what's your favourite Hell in a Cell match? And mm. again, we'll start with you, Lexi. Do you have a favourite or There's any favourites? There's only one. 
Um, and is it the one we talked about off air, or the unaired one? Uh, no. Um, <laughs> <don't know>. yeah. <laughs> I, I was there that night, and that was my favourite yeah, myself. I was there. I actually walked. No, I didn't. Um, All of five minutes. 1998, King of the Ring, Mick Foley versus The Undertaker. Yeah. Um, that's one of the basis for my reasoning of it not being a pay-per-view it it was literally a last resort for those two characters at the time you know they couldn't finish their feud in a normal match so having them in this cage with a roof was you know the only way that people could see it and then people talk about suspending their disbelief that night is a masterclass in how to do it because it was a case of Mick Foley really did get hurt. He really did, you know, take those nasty bumps, take those nasty falls. He really was messed up. You can see the sort of panic in Vince McMahon's face. You get, um, you know, you get Terry Funk getting choke slammed out of his trainers and everything. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's never going to win any five stars from Meltzer. But for me, that's at the bar. And I don't think, yeah. wasn't, that, wasn't that whole part of Terry Funk being in that match not meant to happen? Like, wasn't that legit him showing up and then Taker just calling stuff on the fly because yeah. Foley was not meant to go through that cage? Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, um, as I understand it, it was to create a diversion so the medical team could work on Foley. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It was done on so, the fly. So people um, didn't get bored, they kept people interested. Yeah. 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 I didn't know at the time, if you don't know, um, maybe you need to rest in or you haven't seen it because it was before your time or whatever. Um, the Undertaker wrestled that match with a broken foot. Um, and he doesn't give it away until just after Mick Foley goes through the cage. Um, he climbs the down it. He lands funny on it and you can see him sort of tent and then straight away he's back in character um so yeah you know um the whole and i shouldn't i shouldn't smile but for me it's got loads of memories attached to it the whole that's it he's dead Mm -hmm. line i think it was uh jerry lawler that said it so yeah you know that was when you sort of sat up and went hang on a minute this isn't supposed to happen um so yeah, there we go. What are everyone else's thoughts on that match then? I'm I just wanted we're to say, yeah. I, I double check that, and it did get a four point five from that. If only it was in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, but yeah. which Dave yeah. Meltzer have we got? Have we got the Dave Meltzer of now that sort of parodied and whatnot, or have we got the very well respected and? Because you know, that match I'll wasn't hold. as good as the uh, the car park one that happened on AEW. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's a fair point. I think some of the you're right. Some of, two of the best moments in that match were not planned at all, and that only adds to the magic, doesn't it? Really, you know. Of it. uh, and it'll be interesting to to look at that if it had gone exactly the script, you know. But God, it, it really did define like a generation of hardcore. I think you know, starting with that moment. And, 
oh yeah it's goosebumps isn't it you know the the the, the call what i tell you quick aside to that what really annoyed me was that michael cole tried to kind of recreate that that call at wrestlemania you know when it was shana mack and taker and it was so like prepared by cole and pre-scripted and i hated it compared to the That's genuine like, reaction michael cole never has had uh a call in his life that was just yeah. off the cuff of course yeah and I, I couldn't stand it because it felt so pre-prepared compared when you've got yeah Lawler and JR's reaction which is genuinely like concern you know and yeah, yeah it, but, it was just brilliant like, yeah. like on the side it's like when you find out that he, it was pre-scripted when he were talking about um Daniel Bryan's win at Wrestlemania yeah and he, and he coined that phrase and it was just like the comeback no, kid yeah, it was just like, oh no, just so bad. But yeah, um, I completely agree. I think that match is one of the, if not the iconic um, LNSL that people will always remember unless something else from now takes over. Um, Chris, what about yourself? I mean, I've got, one? I've got six, but you know, <laughs> I don't want to do a grizz here. So, I mean, three out of those six have the Undertaker in it as well. And he really is king of the cell, isn't he? You know, he's the, the, the Don. Um, yeah, it is his match, really, isn't it? You know, um, quick shout out to Usos and New Day, which is yeah. a kind of forgotten Hell in a Cell match, which was yeah. fantastic. Um, for me, um, I don't know, because this one wasn't so much about the cell, but the the momentum it had and the kind of moment it was, was the end of an era match between Triple H and Undertaker. Um, just brutal chair shots. And, you know, I just thought, is this ever going to end? You, again, you talk about suspending your disbelief. It was just incredible. It was emotional and they just gave it the rule. So for me, that's probably my favourite. Um, maybe closely followed by... Uh, I'm gonna, again controversial Rollins and Ambrose because for years no one had gone off the top and they didn't you know quite do that but they went off the side of the cage they started on top of the cage and they just kind of re Ambrose had that thing about like you just didn't know what he was going to do you know and it, it kind of had that magic of uh, Foley and Taker just because you didn't know what was going to happen from that moment onwards so quick shout out to that but yeah for me end of an era match it had it had it all you know and it was emotional and just brutal just brutal that that end of, end of an era, wasn't that like literally an hour of WrestleMania? You know, from <laughs> the, the start of the video package to the entrances to the match to the match ending to them going up. Yeah, you talk amongst yourselves. Go on, give me a sec. I will is find that, out. Is that the Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania where Triple H came out to Metallica's For Whom the Bell Tolls and he throws the hammer through the glass mm-hmm. no home the bell tolls was the hell in a cell's theme song oh okay well because hang on what... a minute oh, wait, no no i'm sorry no, no it was actually the you're wrong remains. yes that was that i beg your spoon chris is wrong twice you heard it uh, now no <laughs> go on give it up wait, where's the wrong Metallica, oh, yeah. it's wrestling and the other one was big dave i'm gonna know it <laughs> um so yeah, because I, I remember and I remember at the time laughing, thinking Vince McMahon doesn't know who Metallica is, but there's a massive chance that he owns two of their songs now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like no. Anyway, I'd never understood why they used the memory remains. I think they could have used something far better, but mm-hmm. one of them. One of them. Yeah. As I said, it's uh it was brutal. Um what I'm looking here is it went 53 minutes did that Oof. match. 
Ooh, that was yeah, okay, that was that was just a match. So like then you had the yeah, build up, right. the entrances, the the bit at the end where they all walk up to the top of the ramp and they kinda take their bow and all that. Yeah, but um, the actual match from bell start to bell finish was fifty three minutes. And, Can um, we also just put out there as well, Shawn Michaels as the ref puts on the performance of a lifetime. Yeah. Oh. It's not gonna be as good as his match against know. Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. <laughs> but it is it is a cracking performance, so props need to go for him for, as well. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, what about yourself, Jason? Uh, so, I mean, the, the first one, um, again, because um, the story was that Shawn Michaels was, like, shirking. The Undertaker was afraid of him, was trying to run away. Um, they'd had the uh, Ground Zero match, which I absolutely loved, because I, I just never saw the idea that the Undertaker would punch the ref. And that at the very beginning, and it just went berserk. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, and then, because they kind of, from an, yeah, as I remember it, the chair shot where Undertaker was cut open by Michaels happened before Grand Zero, as I remember. And then Grand Zero was quite a, there was no blood, there was nothing like that, but it was a bit wild. And then they went into this match, which was just brutal and um it was just but it was so well done it was a good wrestling match and that was the other thing uh, i know they got out the ring and they climbed on top and that but until then it was still just a really good match um the other one um was mick foley against uh triple h his, his retirement yeah. is uh, that match because he actually did go through it deliberately go through the th- the cage. Yeah. But I mean, the thud looked awesome. That the dent in the ring. Yeah. The uh, one from No Way Out, February two thousand. Yeah, that one. Just, yeah. That one looked really, really cool. Um, and, and just there was one more I was just going to say, which I remember being. Um, I, it was actually um, uh, Brock Lesnar against the Undertaker and No Mercy one. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, <laughs> They from had June, a, they had from a June really, 2002, yeah. Yeah, they had a really bloody fight, they did. And that's the the thing was that it was, uh, and because you slipped into the PG era, it was a, it's, it's a, a gimmick match. It doesn't really uh, live up to its hype because of the the, present, uh, the PG kind of, oh, no blood, no, none of this. I mean, uh, they, they haven't done much of it as much now. But, I mean, when can you remember the period where they were coming in and actually getting a towel on people's faces when they yeah. were stopping yeah. them? Yeah. Can you imagine that happening during uh, Raw, uh, King of the Ring 98? I mean, this is just mental, this stuff like this. And so it just really it, it, uh, sanitised the match too much is what I'm trying to get at, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where it actually, when you you knew when it was going to come, you were like, "Oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be great. This is." Yeah. What about you then, Grace? What's your, uh, do you have any standout uh, matches for yourself? Well, the annoying thing is Jason just brought up one of my uh, matches because uh, Lesnar and uh, Taker, like, because because it was kind of like it was in like two thousand two, so it was in that weird period where it was still kind of attitude era esque, but was kind of going a bit more you know, the, the child childish kind of way, which didn't really um didn't really go that way for another year or two. But yeah, but for some reason I always just really had this as a really nostalgia match for me. And I don't know if it's just because um that and then Triple H and Jericho, I think were the first two Hell in a Cell matches that I watched during my mm-hmm. like fandom. And so they meant like so much more to me. And obviously going back and then watching Man Mankind or Mick Foley versus uh, Undertaker um, 
was was obviously a hoot and a holler, but the other one I want to bring up, because uh, no one's brought up yet, is the Armageddon Six Man. Yes. Oh. There you go. Yes. Yeah, from, uh, let me have a think. Is it Armageddon 2000? From Armageddon. Armageddon 2000, yeah. the one where Rikishi. With Rikishi in the, yeah. The... Rikishi chokeslam yeah. Yeah, up gets, the top. Yeah. He gets pushed off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's meant, it's meant to be a choke slam, but it's kind of more a choke shove, like isn't a, it? Uh, well, you had uh, uh, Angle beat Taker, Triple H, Rikishi, Austin, and The Rock. What yeah. a lineup that was. Oh, it's One true. of these is not like the others. Listen, <laughs> if you don't know that the that Rikishi did it for The Rock, she's too young for you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> out there. Out there. So I'm wanna... educated. I wanted to, uh, so I'll, I'll have my little thing and then I just wanted to give you some uh, key facts about the Hell in a Cell concept. So, obviously, I'll give you the key facts first. So, the most appearances in a Hell in a Cell was Taker with 14, and he's only won eight matches. Yeah. Then we have Triple H with nine, right. who has only won six. Then Randy with seven, who has only won four. And then CM Punk has appeared five and only won two. And then we have the one that, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the matches. Sasha has been in three and has lost two, or will be in three and has lost two. Uh, so uh, when you look at ratio, she's got the worst. She's got the worst, but obviously she's been in all Hell in a Cells, which is fantastic for her. Um, as you said, yeah, you've got Taker versus Mankind from King in a Ring. You've got the... Uh, the, the the um, debut of Kane from uh, Bad Blood in Your House, October 97, with Michael's uh, beating Taker. You had the well-received Taker beating Bo- Big Boss Man at WrestleMania 15, where he hung him, um, which was as class <laughs> as a hell in a cell, but I just think it just he's just a dumpster fire. It was just awful. <laughs> um, key ones, uh, the sixth one was... Triple H beating Cactus Jack, as you've said. Uh, we had the uh, Brock beating Taker at No Mercy. Uh, Triple H beating Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood June, uh, in June 2004 when they went through that period of uh, hating each other before Michaels won the belt. Um, Batista versus Dean, uh, beating Triple H at Vengeance 2005. Mm-hmm. Taker beating Orton at Armageddon. Brock beating Taker that at Hell in a Cell. Yep. Uh, you have Brock again facing Taker at uh, Hell in a Cell 2015. Taker against Shane at WrestleMania 32. Charlotte beating Sasha at Hell in a Cell. Um, you've got Rollins versus The Fiend, uh, which was good to see, but not very well received, as we all are aware. It was awful. Uh, yeah, you had... Um, and then red you've lighting, got... what? Is that, was that not the first time the cage was red? Yes, and also they changed the colouring of the the uh, lights to red. So yeah, no, that's what I mean. So it. They, those two seem to went together, and it stayed red ever since. Yeah, uh, and it just wasn't well received. And then obviously you've got uh, the the next ones, which we're going to talk about next. So uh, so the card this weekend we've got Roman Reigns versus uh, Ray, uh, Jey Uso. Sorry, not Ray. Um, in a Hell in a Cell, I quit match for the Universal Title. Um, if Jay loses, he and Jimmy will have to become um, Roman's uh, subordinates. Now, what's people's take on that? 
or what's people's take on the match? I think it's uh, surprisingly exciting. Um, yeah. I, I, um, is it, I think he's uh, Jay, Jimmy. Which one's which? Sorry. Who's fighting? Oh, Jay is the one wrestling. He, the tattoos. Uh, he's been surprising. He's surprisingly good because uh, as lame as I sound, I watch Total Divas, so I know the other brother really well. Yeah. And uh, he's got. He seems to have quite a bit of personality. Where I've always thought this other brother just stands in the background, doesn't do very much. But he's done a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Um, and and especially uh, if you've just seen SmackDown this past. Uh, yeah, it was Friday. great. And yeah, I totally was like, why are you talking through that? Is that meant to be a mask because of COVID? Are you that? I was like, this is stupid for a promo. And I totally slipped into the idea that it was his twin. I totally fell for that. Ah. And, uh, yeah, so it was very, very good, very good. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, 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 it. uh, it's it, to be honest, it's one of it's one of the uh, ma- it's one of the matches that I've been wanting to see, especially with what the redesigning of uh, Roman Reigns has happened. Uh, clearly, it's it's helped with ratings. Uh, there was a slight slip last week, not just now, but the week before. Um, but clearly, it's helped him, and it's helped a lot of people uh, be behind. Uh, Reigns and they've liked him doing that whole Randy Orton there was a period where Randy Orton did the I'm not a face or heel I'll just do whatever I want and people cheered him uh, it's just unfortunate it's just we're in a time where people can't see it live but the reaction that they've been giving Reigns is being positive and it's it's really cool is that um, and the subordinate thing uh, there's been talk where he will possibly get a faction with them two together so whether or not they fight with him in the faction or the stable and then become heels themselves, yeah. um, we'll have to wait and see. I'm not too sure. I'm thinking that's um, going to be the thing is they're going to join reluctantly mm. at first and then they're going to be like, hold on a second, life is pretty sweet like this. So yeah. and then they're just gonna they're gonna turn like maybe maybe it's just something as simple as um, you know the uh, the USOs when they come back uh, when. Um, Jimmy comes back even, uh, they get a tag title match and then Roman like helps them win and then they win the tag titles and they're like, wait, wait, what? And then Roman's like, oh, I helped you, you're some champs now? And they're like, hell yeah. Mm. Yeah, and they the like, the like it and they yeah. go with it and it, it ends up feeding it. And that's cool, is that? I like that. Uh, we've got yet another match. Hopefully this will be the last one. We've uh, Drew defending his WWE Championship against Randy Orton uh, in... Yet again, another hell in a cell. Uh, I'll go. I'll go. To you, Chris. What are your thoughts on this? What? How have you found this feud? Um, I mean, as you'll probably know, I'm not a huge fan of product these days, so I've not been fully invested in it. But obviously, I've been following some of the major storylines. I've not really been a fan of this feud from the start, really. Um, you know, truth be told, and Randy with the night vision thing, I just couldn't get on board with that when he took out some of those legends. I mean, to be honest, you've you've had the ambulance match, right? And like. I don't know if you want to weigh up ambulance match against Hell in a Cell, but like, surely yeah. the ambulance match by itself is enough of a blow off where it should be. Um, so, I mean, I do like Orton, you know, and I do, but I don't think his style lends itself to Hell in a Cell particularly well. And um, yeah, there's nothing really about it that excites me. So, as I said, you know, I've not been following it, you know, completely, so I'm not fully invested in it. But yeah, the. the 
the Reigns and Usos match is everything that Hell in a Cell should be based on. You know, it's personal and it's come down to this. Uh, but I've never really felt any real issue between McIntyre or Orton that I can get behind. You know, so I've not, and I say it completely biased that I've not been on board with this feud from the start. So for me, that's that's nothing. So, yeah. What about you, Lexi, regarding this match? Um, I'm like um, Chris, to be fair. Um, I haven't really followed it religiously. Um because <laughs> you're, no, you're a nun. Oh, ah! um, I'm not a nun. I am a sister of sin. Oh, sorry. Damn right. Um, <laughs> no, joking. Um, so, for me, looking at the depth of talent they've got. Oh no, a ghost. A WWE steal. <laughs> sorry, that's just really. <laughs> <laughs> he picks his moments, don't he? Oh my life! It was paying tribute to them, but anyway, um, yeah. For me, I, I thought so. Given all the the depth of talent that they've got, it it's somebody else's time to shine. And going back to Orton just seems like they've run out of ideas, or you know, people have been reluctant to to get involved or whatever. You know, they could have something there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll ask you then. Um, who? Would you have picked instead of Orton? Obviously, we've had the the draft shuffle, so forget that. It's what it was. If you could pick somebody to take over from where Orton started, is there anybody that you would have liked to have seen? Because in in the predictions that I had for Drew many moons ago when I spoke to our yeah. our leader, um, I, I actually I actually said that his first would be Rollins. I said it would be Rollins, and it was I was right with that because it was just an easy. And predictable yeah. thing, and Orton is easy and predictable. He's, I know people say he's boring, but he's as much as he's boring, he's safe. And I think that's the issue they've got because they went through a period of time where a lot of people were injured. So, what would you, who would you pick if you could pick anyone from then instead of Orton? Is there anyone? I would probably pick, and this is just purely bias coming through. Um, I would have so. like either. No. Um, as much as I love the man, no. No. Um, I would probably go for Ricochet or Alistair Black. Mm. Okay. Because, Ooh, Alistair Black's a good one. Because I think there's that history in NXT, mm. I think, if memory serves me right. But also as well, Ricochet is a completely different style. And yes, it might be the safe thing to do to go with randy orton but if you want something that's going to compete with your competition you are going to need someone that is explosive and unpredictable and essentially has springs in his heels because let's be honest ricochet must be he must be part cyborg or something (laughs) to do what he does um whereas randy orton i've seen him i saw it you know Oh my god, I saw it 16 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say it's, it's the John Cena, Randy Orton thing again yeah. from yeah. what from from times ago, and it's yeah. as it's almost as if people uh, that we're not all 12, we're not all 13, and not remember. There's people that are invested in it, which is why obviously we're here together talking yeah. about it, and the fact that you're going to do something like that and not just not just do it as like two or three matches that's fine but the fact that they're having matches every pay-per-view 
and every other raw it's it's getting to a point where you can understand why people are there's only like 1.3 million watching raw a week because it's the same thing over and over again um but yeah that's a good shout um what about you Grizz? is there anyone that you would have thought uh better than orton or are you happy to see this hopefully end or have another match well, more so what i want to kind of talk about is the fact that the, the kind of thing you just brought up of um you know the the orton and cena thing because it's kind of uh recently it's been more I kind of chatter online that like it almost seems as if they're trying to get on those couple more titles he needs to get to 16 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then you know like in maybe like two or three years the main event of Wrestlemania is going to be John Cena versus Randy Orton and uh, who's going to get that 17th world title to beat Re- Flair's record and it's just like yeah but nobody <laughs> wants to see either of those two do that Sorry, I'm just I'm just looking at uh, Chrissy's uh, ex- excitement in that, uh, in you saying that. <laughs> Price, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to clip out that. Yeah. Looks like that a bad curry. That, <laughs> that, that, that is no good. That's no going to be a gif in our uh, our chat from there on. Why do I get the feeling that if we could all go to like a wrestling show, Chris would be there with a sign saying who booked this crap? Yeah. Like, I would be for that shit. Was, I was just going to say, if it was twenty-eight matches, any it shows that I uh, that I was part of, I'd have been like me. Sorry, my fault. <laughs> um, they're going to consider that. Is that is that? Well, I guess it's just chatter. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, so I believe me. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So we have got um, Bailey versus Sasha in the. Very, very long uh, anticipated and weighted uh, match um, that I actually thought was really, really good that they've made Bailey the, uh, the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked really well in her favour. Heel Bailey uh, has been like the, the revitalisation of her entire career because, I mean, I like I, I love Bailey since day one, but Jesus, there was a period where she was just, oh, I'm a hugger. And it's like, yes, you've been a hugger for like four years. Do you want to do anything else? And then she turned heel and was like, hold on a second, something's happening here. Well, recently she um, was on a, she had an interview. I'm sorry, I can't, I'm not sure which one it was, but they talked about her recent uh, run as a heel and she said um, she wanted it because she'd been, as you've just said, she'd been doing the hugger thing for seven years in total. And Ooh, yeah, and she right. wanted she wanted a change, and she thought by having a change, people would have that um, would love her more because she's she's not just saying the same thing all the time. Because if you a, a heel or a face all the time, people can get turned off and bored of you, uh, yep. which is understandable. So. Um, just to plus, stop plus the way that she turned heel was like the most perfect thing, where she came out and literally murdered her Bailey buddies. But right, is this a moment where we can sort of sit back and go, "Holy shit!" WWE has learnt from the mistakes they made with John Cena by not turning him heel. Uh Uh, No, because it's somebody else that's doing the booking. Oh, okay. If it's it's someone else doing, if someone else was doing the scripting, which they are, then fine. But if it's the same people from ten years ago, they'll just recycle it. I, that's that's my personal view on it. I don't. I think if because they've got someone else in, they've slightly changed it, which has put a fresh uh, 
like having to put it putting a fresh bit of paint on it. I think it's it's worked well with her being like that. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Jason. Um, are you excited for this? Uh, have uh, you been a fan of these two? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, they, they were one of my favourite matches of NXT. Um, it's just, but I guess that's the, the only thought I had was, uh, is it going to... Um, because it was such a, a competitive athletic match, their last one, the one they had at NXT. Yeah, well, they had two at NXT that are the 30 minute um, uh, oh, Ironman match, didn't they? Uh, so, I mean, they've got that going on. Um, so, I mean, they, I, that, I guess that's the only thing I'd like to see is actually the two of them show how competitive they can be. But, I mean, the, the cell's going to be used because they've been using chairs and stuff like that. So, that that's why that's been introduced. But, absolutely, I'm excited about this. I was thinking, though, when. When they actually fell out on Raw, though, uh, maybe even a year ago, maybe more than that, Bailey was still face Bailey, mm. and then she batted Sasha, and people cheered when she did. But mm. for whatever reason, WWE were like, "Oh, we're not going to do this," in because I think I don't know if they expected that people would cheer. I think that was the the thing they hadn't anticipated because it was very much a similar. Becky attacking uh, Charlotte kind of cheer. Yeah, I was just because we say were that. fed up of that, and and yeah. that was that was where it was coming from. Um, and but then they did all the, they went to therapy and tried to mimic Team Hell No, and they just got really confused as to how they why they got back to so so long winded getting to this point. Um, but I guess I would have just wanted a a really competitive match or something before the cell match. That was where I would have rather gone. I definitely am looking forward to it. But my suspicion is, though, which is why I'm saying it, there's going to be another match after this. That's my suspicion. I'd, I'd be very surprised if this is the end. Yeah. Even if yeah. they build to, even if they build to um, Royal Rumble, you know, like as if it's like one of them's injured and come back or they need a, they need a break from each other. Royal Rumble or even build it to that WrestleMania point, which is what everyone thought. Uh, but uh, no, I just think it will be next pay per view. That's my prediction. Or, yeah. or Summer uh, Survivor Series. It, well, I get if that's the next yeah. one. I just think yeah. they're just going to do it again. That's my that's my issue with uh, putting Hell well, in the Snow where it is. I reckon there's still going to be another match, which would be not a blow off where you've got the cell where they're meant to be the most vicious one. I mean, same kind of argument of it, which is worse ambulance or a hell in the cell. Now we're going to have a hell in the cell and there might just be a regular match afterwards. I, 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 if it's Survivor Series, you kind of have your out for that because normally yeah. they do the, uh, the brand versus brand versus brand thing. So you may have yeah. Bailey yeah, versus Bailey. EO yeah. versus Asuka. Oh my God, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Fuck that now. <laughs> you, you could have it like how um, when Triple H got Braun, uh, when Braun and Triple H, that whole thing where Triple H beat up Kurt Angle on his own team and this, that and the other. And you can have yeah. that one of them costing the, the other, the the uh, their brand match, and then it builds on to the next. But it, to be honest, um, anytime these two wrestle each other, it's the whole, it's the whole four horsewomen in it. Anytime them four face each other, it doesn't matter the outcome. As long as it's been given the right time, the wrong storytelling, it's always, always going to be a really, really, really good match. Yeah. Um, I was just going to go to you to Grizz regarding this. So, what are your thoughts on this match? Um, well, well, the question is, uh, I can't because I can't remember. They are both still on SmackDown, aren't they? They are, yes. Right. So that kind of bums the one theory that I had the idea of of Sasha gets uh, drafted to Raw. Obviously, it's not happened now, but like 
so they have this match. Doesn't uh, Bailey wins? Sasha gets drafted to Raw, and then she spends Raw um, until Royal Rumble, like completely seething and still just being like, "Oh no, I want another crack at Bailey." And it's like, well, you can't because she's on the other brand. Then she wins a Royal Rumble, and then they have the blow off at Mania where Sasha finally wins the belt. Obviously, that didn't happen because you know um, these people are getting paid to do terrible. <laughs> terrible story writing apparently um, but I mean I, th- I think the match is going to be good but I, I genuinely want Bailey to win and as we, okay. we kind of just spoke about Bailey should win and then it goes on to Survivor Series where if they still are doing this brand thing that should be the thing where like Sasha could be like I want another match at Survivor Series and Bailey's like I already have a match at Survivor Series so <laughs> you're lost <laughs> and then, uh, and then, like, if you really want it to go, like, I think uh, Bailey versus Sasha in the main event of TLC in a TLC match for the women's title. Okay, that's not going to happen at all. They're going to book this on a SmackDown, and that'll be it. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be, it'll, it will be the SmackDown before TLC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the, it's the free. Yeah. It's the free pay-per-view match that they'll do on SmackDown for taking. Uh, the free uh, pay-per-view for the, the dark yeah. free. Absolutely. <laughs> so I'm just going to quickly go through the other two matches that have been announced as of right now. So we've got Jeff Hardy Elias. What Elias. Yeah. Why? No one cares. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> next. Okay. Next. Uh, hey, the only, the only thing that Elias done recently <laughs> is that, that concert he done at Raw was pretty fucking awesome. It's it's just. It, just because he, it's just to shoehorn Elias back in, the whole thing of, yeah. oh, I've been out injured, so how can we book him back into something without having a title? So nothing's online. And as you said, this isn't in a cell. To be honest, it shouldn't be on the pay-per-view. I'm not, I, I, I'm really past it now. Uh, uh, and the uh, final one, as of as of this morning, um, Otis uh, is going to face The Miz. And what is going to be on the line is Otis's uh, Money in the Bank contract. Now, there's been quite a, t- a long t- uh, talk over the last month or so that they're wanting to take the uh, contact away from Otis. Uh, the whole, even though Vince is apparently so into him, it's not the match that people want to be seeing, uh, according to backstage. Uh, and obviously, you, if you're going to get him against anyone, he's going to lose. Uh, there's not. I think there's only like one or maybe two people that have lost their money in the bank at matches, like Damien Sandow for one. John uh, Cena. Corbin. Corbin. Yeah. I think I saw them. But it's, it's, it's not something that people want to see. Uh, I mean, it'll be quite cool to see him go up against somebody for the title. Uh, and a long time that it's been talked that he was going to use the belt, uh, sorry, the contract to, um, for the tag team belts, which was actually quite a cool idea. Yeah. But um, I'll go to you, Chris, to start with. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say it's interesting. Like, I don't want to see anyone lose their money in the bank shot, but obviously, it's a really nice, easy way to build a bit of drama into the match, isn't it? You know, and it's kind of, it's, it happens organically with that. The only, and I think it's because he was injured. The only match I can remember where someone has lost it was Ken Kennedy lost it to Edge, if I remember correctly. But I can't remember Kennedy, Kennedy if he was. I, don't, I can't remember if that's because he was injured or not, but Edge, yeah, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, thank you. And like, no the, one... the, the, 
the annoying thing with that was it uh, was it predicted originally that he was meant to be out for like three or four months, yeah. but then it turned out it was three or four weeks. So they lost that, and then Kennedy came back like three weeks later. And was like, oh, well, you really didn't need to lose that, but okay. And apparently yeah, he was he was down to uh, win the belt as well. Yeah, that's the, that's the downside. Sorry, yeah, because uh, because Edge then cashed in on the Undertaker like the next week on SmackDown or something. So like, if Kennedy was healthy, that would have Kennedy would have won that fucking title, man. No, yeah. don't get me started on Ken Kennedy. When I missed the karaoke <laughs> episode, his thing yeah. was going to be the one I was going to do. His story is fascinating by itself. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I like how it is. He is obviously different. I, I really like the idea of cashing on the tag titles, but again, it's a good idea, so it won't happen, I'm sure. Um, but I, I do quite, you know, again, it's, it's natural jeopardy. I don't think anyone really cares about seeing Miz have the, the briefcase again. So hopefully it will just be like a one and done. He'll lose that. But it does feel a bit like filler. Um, but like you said, Jason, there is an awful lot of talk about that. So there could be some truth in that. Uh, but we'll see. So I think because of the rumours and because of um, you don't often see it, it's got a little bit of intrigue. Um, so, yeah, I think because the ending of that is genuinely in doubt, when normally it probably wouldn't be, um, then, yeah, it's it's of interest. I mean, not so much the match itself, but I think what's at stake. What about you, Jason? What's your thoughts? Um, I mean, I never... I'm not an Otis fan, and him winning the 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 money in the bank, I thought was the most bizarre thing I'd I'd, I'd come across. I was just like, what? I mean, I didn't like that card, did I? But anyway, I mean, I still didn't like him winning it, and I was like, this is weird. Um, and 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 I mean, I didn't, I don't get the joke of a, a fat guy who fancies a pretty woman, and that's that's <laughs> the joke. Um, so anyway, well, yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, is this meant to be funny? Um, but anyway, so with that, um, but I'm just doing a listen to you guys. I'm thinking, well, I guess if The Miz won it, um, what happens if he cashed in after Drew McIntyre beats Randy Orton right in the same night? I mean, that that's the thought. Is, are the, am I on the right brands? Actually, no, he's smacking yep. that. Is he? Sorry. No, no, Mrs. Raw. Is Mrs. Raw? Okay, then. Well, that would be where I would go next. Then, so that might be a thought or a, but I, I yeah I just didn't see it. I mean the tag team things has been mentioned but you'd want the tag teams to have a little bit more focus but and WWE don't like tag team titles so um. <laughs> I've, I've got one for you what happens if Randy Orton beats Drew and then Miz cashes in on Randy Orton again and that that would make face and you'll get that little girl's face in the crowd again. Yeah. Oh my god, see if she see if she's on the uh the Thunderdome. Yeah. <laughs> How good. How good would that be? What about you, Lexi? What are your thoughts on this match and uh the the possibility of him losing the uh the contract? I'm gonna say I'm I've just looked up and double checked who was in the um in the match way back for money in the bank. You had Otis, obviously. AJ Styles, Alistair Black, Daniel Bryan, Corbin, and Rey Mysterio. For me, if you were going to take a gamble on a new talent, my again, my money would have been on Alistair Black, yeah. to be honest with you. Cool. For me, the question is, why put the, the money in the bank briefcase on Otis if he wasn't going to cash in or... 
if you know there was any doubt or he- any hesitant hesitation on part of the the booking i mean i don't like the idea either of it being used on the tag titles i no. think if that's the road you want to go down you have a match specifically for the tag title contract a tag you- title money in the bank ladder match would be awesome yeah, yeah. Well, orig- originally they were supposed to, they made one they made they made uh, two was that singles. Sanity, they, that right? Say that again, sorry. They, they were going to get Sanity were brought up for what yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Is that they, right? They, 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 remember. Made, um, they made it. They made a um, Money in the Bank briefcase, and there was talk that they were going to have a tag team uh, ladder match, and then it was scrapped at the eleventh hour. Because um, um, it was heavily advertised cool. on Inst- on Instagram. Uh, sorry, on, on, on the internet, it yeah. was it was scrapped at last minute, and a lot of people because uh, they were pushing the New Day uh, re- regarding it, and a lot of people thought that the New Day would would be the ones that win it because obviously they're the people, they're the, they're the team that people like. Um, like I mean, the, the the whole thing of putting it on Otis was because everyone was really into him, and obviously at that point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Like I, I would argue that, like, definitely, Otis was going in the um, the underdog favorite to win that match, and when <clears throat> when he did, everybody rejoiced. And then after that, they didn't do anything with him. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the problem. I think that's the that's where part of my issue comes from. You know, you won this fantastic opportunity. You won the girl because, let's be honest, you did. Um, and there's just been nothing since. I mean, like, you know? the, the most interesting thing that he's done re- recently is turned it into a lunchbox, which is very amusing, but, like, other than yeah. that, that's been about it. Right, so, um, obviously, we'll uh, we'll wrap that a little bit up. So, uh, we're going to jump on to uh, last call. Last orders at the bar. But I believe uh, we're going to say bye-bye to Chris for the moment. Well, apologies, uh, I have to leave a little bit early today, but thank you as always. Look forward to Halloween Havoc and have a good Halloween. Chris, give us one quick, uh, one, one quick one before you go. One of these? No, I was, uh, one, one quick, uh, one quick uh, gimmick before you go. Or oh, gimmick. You, you need to let us know what you, you mean. Oh, you, what, one of my favourite gimmicks? Horror gimmicks. You know, you know the structure of the show that we talked about before we started? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite um, character? Structure? I'm going to go with the ECW sci-fi zombie, of course. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. Okay. See you later. Right, <laughs> so, as I said... Chris, uh, Chris? Okay, yeah, sure, right now. Chris... Right. Uh, while he's uh, while he's left, I'm going to recite the um, the ed- the the promo that the zombie cut on the first no, episode. No, yes, no, I am. No, it went like this. It went like this. It was. It was I mean, I it's it's, it's so memorable. Uh, uh, Gotta go, guys. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Right. So, as I said, thank you for that, Grizz. Amazing. Uh, so, our last call today was having a look at our favourite spookiest or daftest wrestling characters uh, that you can associate with this time of year. 
Um, <laughs> now there's quite a list, so I'm going to go with uh, you, Grizz. Go on then. Yeah. Kevin Thorne and Ariel. Ah, the vampire. Yep. Yes. Like, um, you know, let's just say there was there was many reasons why I liked Ariel, but uh, Kevin Thorne also like like. He just came out and he just looked so fucking awesome. He had like the the kind of waistcoat top and all that, and then like the pair of slick back hair, and then the the vampire fangs, and like just the, the two of them together were so awesome. And then you know Ariel had to get in a fight with Batista and get fired. So that man mm. never did nothing. Uh huh. Uh huh. Never did nothing. So. But the two of them together were awesome. And then, like, uh, after that, Kevin Thorne just started to deteriorate in a uh, man that wrestled with less clothes every week, which was very worrying. Yeah. Because he kind of... Like Midian. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it, it went from him having his awesome uh, his awesome kind of waistcoat and uh, pants and into, like, a singlet. And then the next week he came out, he was just wearing, you know, um, well, not tighty whities because they were red, so tighty reddies. And then it was like, I was getting really worried that the next week he was going to be coming out wearing like a Borat-style thong or something like that. Um, but thankfully, they they kind of they kind of were done with him at that point. And then, go on, go on, and then, then also sh- shouts out obviously to the boogeyman because he's coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've talked about the, uh, him on numerous podcasts. You know, the, 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 how the guy really, really wanted to be part of WWE, lying about his age. The fact that they actually liked what he did in the ring and he ended up getting a job and he still periodic- periodically turns up and he's still on the end of scene now, so that's quite cool. And still uh, genuinely eats worms. Yeah, absolutely. Um, go on then, Jason. What's your uh, favouritest, daftest, what what characters do you associate with this time of year? Uh, well, car- Ooh, I don't know. Um I mean that. Well, what came to my mind? It's not really Halloween, but I was uh, the match came to my mind was buried alive matches. I mean they don't I haven't done them for a very long. I remember Mankind's versus the Undertaker's that first time, and I just I um I think I was uh, young enough that um I was fully convinced that he'd buried him alive at that point. I was like I don't know I don't know how he's going to survive. I, he just murdered him. I'm pretty sure he has. Um. But uh, oh yeah, I really do do like that type of stuff. I mean, um, so I haven't really got anything particular, like favorite horror characters. I don't know. I've, my friend showed me an Impact um, show, and it had a woman, and she had like loads so young- of ghosts. They were all, is that the one where they were all dresses, not, um, they were in bridesmaids dresses? Yes. I think they were. Yeah, so young. Yes. And it she, was um, pretty scary stuff, actually. Um, to so that's a new Eve. one. Too. Sorry, shout out to Eve on YouTube. Um, Sue Young faces um, Martinez, uh, Session Moffs. Search that out. Uh, She basically does a dream thing where she's fallen asleep and she thinks it's not real. And in the dream, they show the the bit um, during her previous match where Sue Young turns up and she just loses it. I mean, uh, the the girl who plays Session Moffs is fantastic. But yeah, Sue Young is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I, I, good call, is I, that? I, it, good shot. It was good stuff that was, but I mean, I, I, I'd not know. It was nothing I was familiar with, but I, I did like it. So that's about it. It's a bit short and sweet for me. No, what about you, Alexa? Uh, for me, I'm not sure whether it, this character is 
Halloweeny. Um, well, if it's, but I just remember well, being. I say Halloween, it's like, is it scary? Is it? Yeah, is it I, I was just about to say, like, I was petrified of him as a kid. Uh, and that's Papa Shango. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Grace might not might not know because this was way before his time. But I don't. Um, he mm-hmm. had a feud with the Ultimate Warrior. And yeah, those of you, if you know me, I he the Ultimate Warrior is the catalyst for everything that's happened in my life with regards to pro wrestling. So when he was cutting this promo and all of a sudden this weird green foam slime whatever you want to say started running down his face and he started freaking out that was particularly upsetting to me because i was i couldn't have been more than four um you know so but yeah for me it was it was that um and for those of you that don't know papa shango the the gentleman playing him i think it's charles wright yeah is it? Correct, yes the godfather um, yeah. actually went on to be the godfather so i didn't know that until i was much older but um yeah because he's he's papa shango's all like voodoo priest and the school paint i can't exactly call it corpse paint because it's not he reminds me paint. of the voodoo priest from james bond uh, live and let die yes I was trying to think which one it was, but yeah, um, that sort of thing. And it wouldn't surprise me if that's where it, it came from. It really yeah, won't. possibly. All right. Um, but yeah, Papa Shango. Cool, good show. Well, I'm going to run through just a few. Um, obviously, you've got the Boogeyman, you've got Bray Wyatt's The Fiend, you've got oh, yeah. The Taker, uh, Papa Shango, Kevin Thorne, as we've talked about, Gangrel. Yes. Oh. My boy. Uh, and then you've got Kane, Doink, Damien Demento, uh, Vampiro, uh, yeah. Paul Bearer, and then you've got a guy who was played by Johnny the Bull at uh, Stamboni in TNA, who was Relic. called... Exactly. Yes! Going back to what you, spelled backwards. What you, going back to what you were saying, I was lucky enough to go to a show in the UK for PCW where Charles Wright was there, and he came out one night as Papa Shango and one night as The Godfather. And it was just awesome. Really, really good. So, um, so uh, that's can, I, can I very, very, very quickly stick up one more from uh, from uh, Over the Pond? Because um, I want to give props to uh, Igar. She's um, a female, uh, female wrestler from uh, Japan mm-hmm. who runs, like... Like she, she she's um, kind of like so young, but kind of not because she's more of a comedic kind yeah. of a scary wrestler. But there was a one time where I seen a match because you mentioned Seth and Session Moth is why it reminded me of this. Um, in Manchester, uh, Sendai Girls done a show in Manchester, yeah. and Igar took on Session Moth. And it was arguably the funniest thing that I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Um, because Igar, she she comes out with like like a big kind of like monk cloak kind of thing, and then she's got like the the white the white face as, as if she's dead. And her uh, her finishing move is she she grabs and kisses the uh, her opponent, and then they just pass out for the three count, and then. Um, Specifically, the, the match in Manchester, they'd done this spot where Session Moth was so scared that she ran up the ramp, and then they started, like, like there was kind of two entrances. So 
she kind of ran ran in one entrance, then ran out the other, and then so they were chasing each other, and then it got to the point where Igar ran out in front of Session Moth, so Session Moth was chasing her, like yeah. getting the Scooby, yeah, the, the Scooby Doo style thing, and then they were like, "Wait, what? What?" And then then Igar turns around and just points to Session Moth, and she's like, "No!" and then runs back. <laughs> um, right. Well, I'm gonna have to stop you there because uh, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Just just check out Igar. Got- Fortunately, uh, the doors are now closing once again at the Tumbuckle Arms. Uh, but we thank you uh, for joining us, uh, uh, for obviously joining the brood for a drink and listening to us talk about the world of wrestling. If you enjoyed this, then you can check out our other shows, which are available to listen to on all your favourite podcasting platforms. Not only that, we have uh, a show called Swift Afts, where we get together and talk briefly about certain uh, topics in wrestling. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can also subscribe to us and watch our lovely faces on YouTube too. Um, so finally, uh, just to round it off, if you'd like to get involved and would like to talk to us about a particular uh, subject in wrestling, then you can email us at the uh, arms at gmail.com or obviously message us on any of the social media pages. Um, and again, once uh, from me and from my brood members, uh, thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll see you next time. And one last thing, love the intro. Thanks again for the uh, for the intro being made to us. Every time I hear it, it's awesome. So thanks uh, to uh, Mad Dog. Thank you. My, pa- right. my, my tag team partner. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care. See you later. Vagina, 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 vagina